0: iHub Radio, reinventing talk radio in the Coachella Valley, homemade for the rest of us. Live from Palm Springs, the intersection of arts, entertainment, and the desert scene. This is The Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen. Hey.
1: And good. How are you doing? Good, good. Hey! So we've got, we're, I'm getting a back, back, back off. Good Saturday afternoon to You're everybody welcome to the Culture Corner on this, where so much craziness going on in the world, but we're going to try to stay positive today. And I'm really excited to have, as my first guest, uh, my dear friend Doug McDonald, who is the. Fab, ph- phenomenal jazz guitarist and he was instrumental in getting in more ways, ways than one and helping me uh, record my first CD a couple years ago if I love again and he did a super job and I sing with him a lot of times at AJ's hopefully we'll get back to that soon hi Doug how are you doing
2: good you're a little soft but I can hear you volume okay
1: <laughs> I'm afraid to get an echo here so hopefully I'm, I'm going to move forward here okay right. so um, first mm. of all how are you holding up during all this craziness
2: well, uh, thank you for asking. Uh, what's happening is uh, once COVID hit around mid-March, around the 13th, that was my last live gig. And then i was been writing a lot of big band charts. We had started a big band. We did one concert in the desert and we were rehearsing in Los Angeles. But what happened is that because of all the gigs going away, I couldn't rehearse and et cetera. So um, basically I've been writing big band charts and teaching online. But we are back at AJ's uh, on Wednesdays and um, uh, it's been, you know, everybody's wearing masks and keeping distance, but we're, we're trying. So this is, uh, uh, this coming Wednesday will be our third week back.
1: And and how's that working out? Are people feeling pretty comfortable about it? Are, are there, is the crowd smaller or how is it, how are people reacting to that?
2: Well, I think they're okay. The only issue is um, a few days before, Uh, this week there were protests and there were in the desert even, and there was a a curfew actually in the desert. I think it was a six o'clock or an eight o'clock, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And that might've deterred some people. Also, I think some of the, the elder folks are a little bit afraid because of the age being out, as you know, among the public, but people are wearing masks, keeping their distance. I, I think it's something to be careful of, but I don't think people should be paranoid of it either.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. And then now what are you doing about um, are you just are people bringing their own mics or people just sanitizing the mic in between singers or how's that uh, going?
2: Well, I I brought an extra mic and Larry had a mic. Larry Holloway, our bass player, and of course, Tim Pleasants on the drums with us. And um, what I did is um, uh, I had a, a friend of mine there, Carolyn Martinez, who sat in first and she sprayed it. And then I think we switched mics and sprayed it. And then mine I put, my mic I put away. So we're being really conscientious about spraying the microphone, which is a great idea. Uh, and we're keeping our distance when someone's singing. So that helps. Their, their spray's going out. You can't help but spray something, but, uh, they're faced the other way. And, uh, there's no table right near us. So we're, we're in pretty good shape that way. Oh, good.
1: I was going to ask you if there was, they'd move the tables back a little bit. Okay, that's good. That's really smart. So I know that I think uh, in addition to uh, you are writing a lot of big band charts, which is great, it's, it's great for those of us people who are performers who have other related skills, tangential <coughs> skills. It's been really great. I mean, I've been able to do my online voiceover coaching and people write and yeah. that kind of thing. It's nice to have that those avenues still open when things were all shut down, but you would, didn't you do a couple inline concert kind of things also online?
2: Yes. Uh, in fact, I, I can, I think I sent it to you, but it's a, a Beverly Hills TV show. I forgot to mention that. Thank you for reminding me. Um, it was a couple Mondays ago and, uh, we usually do a concert in the park twice a year and it's the art show. And we have a live concert, uh, do a couple a day. And then, but this year, uh, of course, in May, we couldn't do it because of the COVID. Mm-hmm. And they called me and said, look, would you go on Beverly Hills TV? It was a paid gig for me. It was really nice. It's a great studio, Beverly Hills TV. Um, I'm going to have to pull the the link up, and I'm sorry. I should have memorized it, but mm-hmm. I have the link. Do you still have it? I sent it to you. If not, uh, maybe, well, whatever. But anyway, yeah, maybe it's, we a, can it's put, a Beverly but now Hills- Is this
1: something that's repeated that's that people can go watch at any time?
2: Yes, there's two links to it. One is the Beverly Hills site, and I think one is the site that the thing is actually on. Of course, it's on Facebook and everything else. If they go to my Facebook, they'll find it, you know, uh, Doug MacDonald and um, MHC, not MC, uh, the drive-ins MC. But anyway, uh, uh, you know, like I said, I I should have pulled that up before. I don't want to interrupt your call while I look for it, but basically – it is online and it was a really nice studio and they were really great. Uh, there was only a few people in the studio. So we had social distancing and mm-hmm. it was all good. And, and the, and the visual's good. And the sound is really good. So I'm really proud of that little concert.
1: And that's great. And how many musicians did you have?
2: Just solo. And it was oh, kind sure. of a challenge oh, okay. because it gave me a chance to create some versions of tunes that you don't always do. In fact, what I do at AJ's um, uh, we have a set and then a break. And then we usually have a few people up on the second set. And then I give the guys a break because uh, I need to, uh, Tim and Larry. Mm-hmm. And then I'll play a, a, a little set of solo stuff just to keep people there. And I really like it because I explore tunes in a different way than you would with a band. Uh, more rubato, more free tempo, more change key, change tunes, medleys, that thing. you know. So it's mm-hmm. kind of fun.
1: And now, do you you write you write music too, don't you, Doug?
2: Yeah, what I uh, years ago I studied composition with a couple teachers, one being uh, Spud Murphy, another David Blumberg, and uh, I was writing a lot of uh, chamber music that was what we called fourth stream, but originally was called third stream in the fifties, and that is a a little bit of classical and jazz thrown together, very compositional side of jazz. That's where the classical side comes in. And then uh, I wanted to go to a regular big band, which is 17 musicians, trombones, trumpets, saxophones, and rhythm. And uh, it's it's a little differently uh, way to write. And um, it's conventional, but I think the jazz sound is really good with a conventional big band. So I wanted to explore that more. And uh, I, I do write a lot of tunes, but, but also a lot of arrangements and also arrangements of the original tunes.
1: Mm-hmm. And now you have uh, you also have your own radio show, don't you? Tell us about that.
2: Yes, uh, every uh, Monday if I'm in town in Palm Desert, but it's all over the internet. It's KAJI ninety five point three, and the, and there's two websites for it. But KAJI dot org is the newer one, and uh, it's every Monday if I'm in town from two to four, and um, anybody can find a link on my website too, which is my name Doug Macdonald with an A. And and I think that link for the Beverly Hills, also my Facebook has it. Um, But at any rate, uh, yes, it's every Monday, 2 to 4, West Coast time. And you don't have to be in the desert to hear it. You can go online and hear it.
1: Mm -hmm. And so do you play great jazz tunes and then talk about, have stories about the tunes and that kind of thing?
2: Yeah, I talk about the tunes a lot. Um, Most radio stations have a program director, which is ours, is Alan Schultz. And he's very well known in the jazz field. He had the jazz station up in Carmel that, uh, Clint Eastwood used to uh, refer to. In fact, one time I went up to play with Jack Sheldon, uh, up North. And I guess I had met Alan then I didn't really remember him, but it was many years ago. We played with Stan Getz and Bill Berry, a bunch of people up there with Jack Sheldon up at Clint Eastwood's ranch. And, um, But Alan um, has a lot of CDs in the library and I try to talk about the tunes and also some of the artists that I've met and played with and even had a chance to record with. So it's a lot of fun to uh, touch on the educational side.
1: Yeah, that's great. Super. And you've been doing that for a while now, a year or so or how long you've been doing that? I
2: think I've been doing it. uh, I think we're in our second year of the show. I'm going to have to ask Alan when I came along and uh, some weeks I have to miss because I used to be out of town and even now sometimes i'm in la rather than the desert so i can't do it it's kind of hard to do remote uh i'd like to set it up sometime where i could do it remotely and tape it uh you know i have setups at home where i can uh kind of do a little studio thing where make a like you you know like you're doing podcasts and things like that yeah. so i might do it that way but right now i have to be in the studio so most weeks i'm there and then of course with the gig si- schedule before sometimes i'd be out of town not so much now but uh uh, you know, but most Mondays I'll be there, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I really enjoy it.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to ask you. You know, uh, everyone's going through this. You know. <laughs> once-in-a-lifetime stuff we're going through right now, it just gets worse and worse and worse. But I, I like, I've talked to a lot of people, and performers in particular, about ways to find silver linings in all this and maybe tap yeah. your creativity and pursue right. some maybe creative projects that you hadn't had time to do before. Have you found that, that working for you?
2: Yeah, because actually what happened with, with me not running around and driving all over the place, you know, I was in L.A. and I was in the desert and all over the place once in a while, Vegas, and then sometimes traveling to Detroit or Chicago or New York or somewhere. Um, by let, running around less, it, it it got me a chance to study and, and write a lot of big band charts, and I'm doing that. In fact, I was working on one earlier today, so I'm kind of banging one out a week, and uh, the only thing I have trouble with is proofreading. That's kind of a hassle to proofread, just like if you wrote a story. It's the same thing when right. you write a chart. you got to proofread it and you go, oh, my God, how did I forget that? You know, yeah. it's like, or how did I make that mistake? But, you know, everybody makes mistakes. It's, it's impossible not to. But but I would say that. And also I've I've been studying playing some different approaches to playing that – I normally wouldn't do if I'm running around all the time because you're running here, running there, you got to get there early. And then afterwards you got to drive home or to some other location. And it's like, you're always on the go. And it is a bit of a rat race, if you will. But by not running around as much, I've I've had a chance to focus on those two things, some new approaches to playing um, and the writing. I I don't really learn as many tunes as I used to because the writing demands so much of your brain, so to speak. So, uh, as a kid, I used to memorize a lot of tunes all the time, and a lot of them I still remember, a lot of them I don't. But I think you can only do so much in a day and a week. And uh, right. if you find, like like you said, a project like this, for me, it's the big band and the playing, then you stick with that instead of trying to do everything, you know.
1: Have you So have you found that um, your... Uh, more and more people are finding out about your skill at writing big band charts are you are is your um, clientele expanding as far as that part of your career
2: well the only thing is we only did one concert and then i started rehearsing the concert was uh, in palm desert at the jocelyn center and it was a nice well-attended concert for the holidays in december But then, uh, you know, once January, February rolled around, I started to rehearse in Los Angeles because the union has facilities, which was in Hollywood. They moved to Burbank, California. And there, um, you know, we started to rehearse, which is a beautiful facility. Uh, And then we had to stop because of the congregating and the union closed, uh, not permanently, but virus. And then, so that kind of went on hold and there'll be a way to do some concerts online or in person, eventually but it's okay right now um i basically um you know, try to post some things we've done um, and the recordings. We've done a lot of CD. I did want to mention our CD which is a Palm Springs theme. Uh, We have a trio CD with uh, Larry Holloway on bass and Tim Pleasant on drums who work with me at AJ's. Also, Big Black is on Jimby which is an African uh, conga drum and we did a a trio plus one uh, and I'll have to get you a copy, Bonnie, but it's called the Coachella Valley Trio and it's the uh, Mid-Century Modern and I really like the way it came out. We've had great Reviews and uh, a lot of airplay on jazz stations all across the country and the world, actually. So, that's, excellent. That's been well, cool Doug, we're out of yeah. time
1: Thank you so much for being with us. I'm going one of these. I'm uh, maybe a couple, couple weeks, but I'll be out there at AJ's on a Wednesday. I'm glad you're doing Great. well and back playing. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. You're the best.
2: All right, Bonnie, be well. I'll send you the link to the show. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, sounds care. good.
1: All right, thank we're you. quick break Right, bye. right bye back bye. on the Culture Corner and I Have Radio.
0: Local talk that's moving the needle, art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater. If it's happening in the Coachella Valley, it's on the Culture Corner with Bonnie G.
1: And we're back on the Culture Corner, and I have a video, and I'm joined now by uh, Eric Frankson, who, if you listen to the show, you know, you know, is my partner, uh, musical partner. You know, life partner, etc. And he, um, we're both um, sitting next to each other right now. And I thought I wanted to have him on to talk about, you know, he's one of those musicians that um, was working full time and lost all his gigs because of the virus, and has had to kind of figure out, um, you know, Plan B during this time. But you know, things seem to kind of slowly be starting back. So, hey, Eric.
3: Hi, Bonnie. <laughs> I like I like your studio. Thanks. <laughs> this Thanks. is a great so, studio.
1: Stop. So. so Tell people about, uh, what's, tell them about you were doing Cuisto up until was, recently, oh right? Man, outside. I, I
3: I, had, I had six nights, seven nights a week booked steady. I, this was, season was the season where I decided I was going to make it all, just all local, you know, six nights a week, different venues, make it all work out. And, oh, it's been, it was great. And then, then the bottom, yeah, the bottom dropped out and everything disappeared. And, uh. I'll tell you, I, I we made a little bit of music. Uh, talked to my my band. We got together a couple times. The uh, Cinch, which is my country band, and people are just dying for us to play somewhere. So we're looking actually for a place where we can do either a parking lot, or a, a park or something. Uh, basically, what we want to do is is set it up where like everybody else is doing, doing the. Uh, uh, the digital tip jar and, and try to do it that way. I think that's the, probably the safest way to do it nowadays. Um, some people are doing pretty well doing that. Some people, uh, you know, are, are doing it more, I mean, I've almost done it more just to, uh, just to keep in touch with my, my people uh but with my band we we're talking about starting to do a couple concerts where we would put out a digital tip jar so keep that in mind for the great future yeah it'll be a lot of fun is uh, i have Carrie Rose and, on bass and Steve Maxfield on drums and i also have uh Mike Ruiz on guitar and you know it's fun when we got together because we've been out of uh, off work so long our 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 voices are in such good shape. We raised everything up, back up a half a step. Everything we were doing is a half a step before down. But now it, we took it up, and everything all of a sudden became sharper and crisper. And uh, we we added we've added a bunch of new songs. So yeah, we're pretty stoked. Actually, pretty stoked. Yeah. Things are you know we'll get through this. And it just feels like summer started early right yeah. now. But we'll we'll get through this. Now,
1: yeah. if where where do you think you'd have the first? Uh, outdoor concert, tailgating concert, or whatever. Oh, God,
3: comes. I don't know. I'm going to have to find... I'd like to actually whoever I... or whatever, either restaurant or, or facility, I'd like to be someplace that we've played at already so we can and sort they, of they say thank you. need a big, par- you. big
1: parking lot would be yeah, helpful, Yeah, yeah, because we have a
3: lot of... You know, we have a, a number of people that would come to see us, so... Um, I think what for me would be first important would be to take care of the vendors that took care of us, and uh, we expect to start back with those vendors again when the – I mean, you know, the restaurants and venues, not vendors, venues, uh, when we – when the summer ends and everything gets started back up again. So.
1: How, are you, how are you feeling about um – I mean, some people are sort of opening up slowly with social distancing and ma- masks, a few places that are having a lot of music, uh, I, you know, a lot of people have mixed feelings about that. Maybe it's too soon. What do you think about that?
3: I think it has to be buyer beware. I think that if you walk into an establishment to uh, enjoy the entertainment and the food and you're going to spend money to do it, you are a buyer. And when you are being up, when you are a buyer, you have to be prepared. You don't. I mean, I've walked out of restaurants where I saw the a chef mm-hmm. with a cigarette in his mouth. So I yeah. mean, it's buyer beware. Your own and decision. It's, and yeah. it's, it's that. It has to be that way. You know. I mean, and it maybe judge it. I judge it. Let everybody's going to have a record of this in the, in the near future, anyways, of whether it's it works or not. I, I, I think that if everybody would basically. If you're going to be close to people that you don't know, you should be wearing a mask just because it's rude not to wear a yeah. mask and pass your germs on to someone that you don't know.
1: Because yeah. it's not over. I mean, it's certainly not over. Am no, I,
3: we just had three, three people died yesterday. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just,
0: yeah. it's
3: it's an ongoing thing that you have to, but at the same time, we all got to work, you know, yeah. we all, it, it, there's there's work involved and, and we all want to work, Um and we wanted to play, but, you know, unfortunately, instrumental uh, music and, and entertainers, we're going to be one of the last people to... Because you're get, not
1: essential. You're not considered well, yeah. essential. Well,
3: yeah. no, but we depend on people getting together in close right. contact right. so right. they can always cheer and yell and scream, hopefully, yeah. or, or throw bottles or whatever it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. They do it in mass, yeah. usually. Yeah. So.
1: What about, um, we have a couple minutes left. Um, I Again, I've liked, I have tried to look at this time as a time to be really creative and and, and dig back into creative projects or f- types of creativity that maybe you haven't had a chance to do. Have you found that at all about writing or songs or music? Have you felt more creative in this time at all?
3: You know, the first week I felt after March the 15th when mm-hmm. everything stopped, I, was, I felt compelled. I wrote a couple different songs that were dealing, country songs that were dealing with the virus and you know, one and one was a Hank Williams kind of gonna you know, crying your beer and, and the other one was Willie Nelson crying your beer. Um but realistically no, I, I've I've just been you know, I've I play the piano quite a bit for everybody. Um
1: and for me, we've done a live oh, yeah. stream we've on Facebook, it, you which know, is nice.
3: Yeah, and we're always doing. And Frankie's and
1: here and there. I've yeah, done a yeah, live yeah. stream. And
3: yeah. I, I like to do live streaming. And it's funny because when I do it, it's I really get to say hi to all my dearest friends. You mm-hmm. know, so I have I have more of that coming up. I'm not yeah. this weekend, but I'm I'm hoping that next week I can actually take my piano and, and who knows, go what out and t- go somewhere, s- somewhere sit on the top of a mountain somewhere.
0: Local talk that's moving the needle. Art exhibitions to modernism. Music festivals to live theater. If it's happening in the Coachella Valley, it's on the Culture Corner with Bonnie G. Hey. Welcome
1: back to Culture Corner and I have video. In just a minute, I think we're gonna be joined by Erica Stone, getting an echo here. I don't know why. By Erica Stone, uh, my buddy who founded SOS Soldiers Organized Services, which is a wonderful um, charitable organization in the valley here that helps out uh, military vets, Marines, and military vets get free rides from the airport to the base, etc. And now, of course, everybody's kind of on lockdown, and so now they're doing finding other ways to help out. I don't. Do we have Erica on the line yet?
4: Not yet, Bonnie. I'm about not to have yet. her okay. on.
1: Okay. So um she had sent me a um uh, press release just to tell us about what they're doing now with the Marine Corps base on lockdown. SOS, they're not just sitting around. That group, core group of active volunteers have been busy helping veterans in need with running errands, grocery shopping, light cleaning, picking up prescriptions, checking in to make sure that everything's okay, which is something that a lot of people needed, have needed during these now it's like almost three months of basic lockdown shelter in place. So they've found ways to really be of service. And I know they've done uh, uh, this. I have to ask her what the years, how many years now she's been doing it. I think um, SOS, I want to say uh, eight or 10 years or something. I'll have to double check with her on their um, uh, anniversary. But um it's just a great service, and she, we'll have to get her to tell the story of how it all started. Um, her dad was military, and one time she was at the airport and saw a marina was stranded because I guess he'd missed a, a bus or whatever there was, and he didn't have any way to get. Okay. Hey, Erica, how are you? Hi, honey. How are you? Good. Yay, we got you. Sorry. I know we've had some technical issues in the past and today, but we got you. So yay. How are you doing holding up during this these crazy times we're in? You know
5: what, how strange, how strange, yeah. um, you know, our program completely, um, came to, you know, a, a halt literally,
0: yeah.
5: uh, when they, you know, made it so that the Marines couldn't travel, you know, like the rest mm-hmm. of us. Um, so we decided to start, uh, stay busy, you know, our volunteers are very active and so we really just went around the community and helped veterans in need to um, uh, run errands, you know, go to the bank, go to the, or make deposits, you know, check post office boxes for people, um, pick up medication, uh, took a couple of people to uh, basic doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been staying pretty busy um, but, yeah, SOS, what we know of SOS for the last 13 years is giving Marines rides every day, um, has stopped. So, ironically, at 4.30 this morning, it looks like we got our first request uh, in months. It's <laughs> strange. But um, we got our first request from a Marines girl. Uh, he just got back from deployment. And when a Marine comes back from deployment, they quarantine them automatically Right. Um, You know, just for whatever they might, you know, have picked up or something, just to watch their behavior and see, you know, how they're going to adjust back into uh, normal life. And um, Mm -hmm. so she's coming out to see him. So we're going to be picking her up on the 10th. So that will be our first
1: official scheduled ride. So things are kind of coming back to normal, hopefully. <laughs> wow, that's great. So tell uh, tell us. You know, it's been, I know I've had you on before, but it's been a little while. So tell people who might not know it. It's kind of the the story of how this all started. How SOS started.
5: Well, you know, you were briefly touching base. You know, about that. I come from a military family, and um, I was down at the airport, and there was this young marine, and uh, the first marine. He was a deer in headlights. He had just graduated boot camp, and you know, thought that for a dollar he was gonna hop off the plane and, you know, jump on a bus and go to twenty nine Palms but that wasn't the case and he was like, Well I'm gonna walk. I'll all you he had like sixty dollars to his name and he was like, Well I'll take a taxi sixty, two dollars worth and then I'll walk from there. And oh. back then, you know, it was a hundred and twenty, hundred and twenty five one way. Now, you know, it's a hundred and fifty depending on what taxi and uh, I laughed. I was like, you're not even going to get to the high desert for $62, you yeah. know. So let let me at least offer you a ride. And I kind of knew where the base was, you know, the back way to Vegas. And mm-hmm. um, that poor Marine, we were lost for hours. I ended up driving us to Amboy. And, I, <laughs> you know, as it, when we got to Amboy, I was like, hey, I think that all those lights back there a while ago, I think that was the base. We should turn around. <laughs> I know the base isn't this far. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh you know that's how I became aware of what was going on and uh my next night off, I went down to the airport, you know just kind of to check out see if that same situation might happen and sure enough, um this marine they had come you know I talk about angels in our lives and people put in our world for a specific reason, right. and without a doubt, this marine was really the inspiration and the angel that started this whole process because here this marine same situation um his flight was late uh he'd missed the bus so the next uh bus didn't come till 7 p.m the next day and we're talking like you know eight o'clock on a saturday night so he was going to sit in the airport for like 23 hours Uh. and um you know, what made this Marine different, though, was that he had been shot in the leg in Iraq, fell off the building. His whole leg was shattered. He had this, you know, the crutches, the big uh, leg, hip, cast type thing. Oh, my goodness. And when I told him, I go, oh, my gosh, I know the way to the base this time. <laughs> he's looking at me he's like, well, ma'am, I don't want to. <laughs> I know, right? He had no idea. But um, he said, ma'am, I don't want to inconvenience you. I'll be fine. I'll just wait here till the next bus. And I'm like, that's 23 hours away. Yeah. And he's like, well, ma'am, you know, the, the base is far. That That's the track. I don't want to have to have you drive clear the base, you know. And I'm wrestling his luggage at this point, And I was like, well, you might as well just try to hobble over to my Jeep because your luggage is going to base. So you might as well mm-hmm. h- hitch a ride with your luggage, you know. Um, That young man had not one disheartening thing to say he wasn't bitter he wasn't resentful he believed in his mission all he wanted to do was you know be rehabilitated and go back to his unit wow. and it was such an inspiration to me i mean i i had a bad box cut that <laughs> that week on my finger and i had been you know trying to gain sympathy any way i could by saying oh ow oh you know and i remember <laughs> that night driving the whole way to the base with my finger like stuck out off the steering wheel because how could I dare complain about a box cut on my finger when here, this Marine, you know, had shattered his leg trying to defend our freedoms or freedoms, you know, for other countries. And, um, I dropped that Marine off and I remember getting really emotional because, uh, well, you know, and you know, some of, uh, your listeners will know, you know, my daddy was a world war II vet and before Mm -hmm. he passed away, he had a stroke. So he really was kind of, you know, grounded uh, in the aspect that he couldn't do all the things that he used to do. So he would just sit in his pickup waiting for me to ask him to take me somewhere. And um, I got really emotional that night because I remember my daddy would have loved to have done this. He would have loved to have been able to, you know, even though my daddy was in the Army, and that's Mm -hmm. why it's soldiers organized services because Army (laughs) soldiers and Marines are Marines. Yeah. But uh he still would have had such a great time interacting with this um young, you know, service member, the next generation, um uh therefore. Mm-hmm. so that was kind of the inspiration that started it. Um, you know, our first year we transported five hundred. I remember being so excited. Um and now uh usually till you know, this whole virus uh thing came about, we usually we average to transport five to fifteen people a day, you know, three to five drivers a day, depending on what airport and what time they come in, you know, if they're going to the airport or flying in, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, our records been 642 in a day. You wow. Know, so uh, we, yeah, we we average about 20,000 usually a year, you know, of needed seats for active military Marines or their family members. You know, we transport a lot of wives and children, especially when the husbands are deployed um, or during the holidays, you know, when it's not just one or two Marines get to go on emergency leave, it's where, you know, the whole base leaves. So that's when we have to uh, raise money for renting big buses and things of that nature to uh, actually be able to do that because we have quite a few drivers during season or, you know, uh, but not enough to transport a base uh, yeah. to the how airport. Many, so how, that's many where the big... how
1: many active drivers, volunteers would you say you have in general? Well, during season,
5: um, you know, we have anywhere from 150 to 200, depending. You know, each year we recruit new ones. And, um, you know, each year, unfortunately, we lose a handful. Um, you know, we've lost in the last couple of months now eight volunteers that have passed away.
2: Oh um, dear.
5: And it wasn't that they were really sick and it wasn't that they died from the virus. I really believe it's because they weren't as active anymore. You know, when when you're active every day just going, 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 it keeps yeah. everything moving.
1: Yeah. And yeah.
5: once you kinda you know get out of that routine Um, So I'm just really heartbroken and to think that those families couldn't, you know, really even have a funeral, um, you know, so hopefully, hopefully things of that nature will change um, because there's lots of things, you know, I I really try to celebrate some of the good things that have come about through this virus. It was very interesting right in the beginning. um, Everybody was outside walking. Like mm-hmm. couples were walking and families right. were riding more bicycles, and I loved seeing that. Yeah. But now that the months have gone on, um, you know, it it's really showing the effect that not only can things happen with the the actual virus in place, but um, you know, just when you change your routine and. Right. Um. Uh, I was I was laughing with one of the uh, county officials in India the other day because he couldn't believe what was going on with SOS. And he's like, how do you get laid off from an organization you started? You know, um, unfortunately a lot uh, with all these other nonprofits in the community, this virus hit us right when we were all raising our funds to yeah. get us through the summer. Yeah, And all of our fundraisers were canceled or postponed. And so we're kind of a little bit dead in the water. Hey, I'm, I am officially uh unemployed right
1: now. So Erica I wanna make sure we get this in the time. So you but you're so your go at golf fundraiser's postponed to September, but you're starting a GoFundMe page, right? Talk talk about that a little bit.
5: We did start a GoFundMe page. Uh we have a volunteer that um July fourth will match whatever we have raised up to that point. We're at um I think seventeen hundred dollars right now, which yeah. It's it's very difficult to, with the uncertainty of the country and the community and so many people struggling, it, it's been, I almost didn't want to do it, but our survival, we kind of had to do it because we've got our liability insurance and, you know, we might not be reimbursing the gas and things of that nature um, like we did a couple of months ago, but we still have our basic monthly bills we have to um, cover. So we're scrambling a little you know but after 13 years of providing rides pretty much every day till the other day still there. so gofundme <laughs> um, page
1: and um, sos if somebody wanted to help either with the gofundme page or just say, say they wanted to call up and say hey i'd like to become a driver of a volunteer how would they get in contact with you they just go to our
5: website sosride.org and they can fill out a volunteer application they can donate through paypal information about the GoFundMe, our golf tournament, now September 24th uh, at Bermuda Dunes. that all that information's
1: online. Super, super. Well, Erica, thank you so much for, I mean, for 13 years, thank you for all the hard work you've done. These uh, What a great selfless thing to do and get all these people to help you and help all these veterans who really need it. And even to continue doing errands and that kind of thing.
0: Local talk that's moving the needle art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater. If it's happening in the Coachella Valley, it's on the Culture Corner with Bonnie
1: we I've been doing for several weeks now my little chat with Brian Mendoza, who is my uh, fabulous board up and has his own show film show also on Saturdays. And he came up with a great idea to talk today a little bit about films that deal with racial tensions and racial injustice, because obviously that's what's going on right now. So, uh, Brian, t- start with t- tell me tell me about your list and why you chose
4: my list. I would honestly go. Um, funny enough, I'm doing an episode on racial injustice next week, so I'll give you the list of the movies I plan on talking about, which were yeah. "Do the Right Thing," which, mm-hmm. to be honest, I think that that's probably the most relevant because it actually has to deal with riots and it actually asks a question. Do the, thing, do, do the characters do the right thing at the end of the film? And I'm not going to spoil it, but it really asks that question. It doesn't even ask the question, to be honest. I think it tells you the answer, but it's up to you to figure out what the answer is. Right. And I would also argue that movies like When They See Us...
1: Oh my God, that was so—I uh, t- mean, so tough to watch. I mean, very well done, but so incredibly difficult to watch. And uh, what a what a, a tragic example of racial injustice and the problems in the criminal system and and the the just outrageous. Um, Uh, outrageousness that african-american particularly african-american men have had to deal with over the years my god that was so tough to watch very well done
4: and the thing is though there's still a lot of repercussions from that event i mean one of the Mm -hmm. most prominent members of that situation is well the president of the united states not to get too much into it but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of relevance about that and you know one of the funny things uh, one of the most not funny things i would say one of the Things I gotta point out is that Ava DuVernay, Ava Ava DuVernay directed When yes. You See Us, and then she went on to direct. She before that she directed Selma and Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Selma is the biopic about Martin Luther King Jr.'s march from Selma, Alabama to Montgomery. Right, and, and that one was so great because it doesn't whitewash. Ma- um, Ma- uh, I was gonna say Malcolm X that well Spike Lee made a movie about Malcolm mm-hmm. X that is definitely not whitewashed but no. I gotta say that Ava DuVernay she really knew how to capture Martin Luther King Jr. in a way where people had to confront who he really was as a person as mm-hmm. opposed to like the version that we paint as very saintly and I think it's problematic to paint him the way that I think we paint him as, like, the peace-loving, like, hippie when he was way more, like, he...
1: Complicated he was, than that, yeah. Yeah,
4: he really was. And I think people, I think people misquote quote him and try to use him in a way that he wouldn't want to be used. And I think the movie kind of shows you why we got to be careful with contextualizing our civil rights leaders and... Right i I'm not
1: familiar with Thirteenth. I I know, but I don't remember the store what the story was at
4: all. Thirteenth is a documentary about the prison industrial complex and how it tries to talk about how there is a connection between slavery and the prison system, and mm-hmm. how if you think about it, the prison system does par- target black men in particular. Particular. Yeah, absolutely. And that slave, and that many have argued that slave that the prison system is really just an extension of slavery. Extension.
1: Yep. Yep. Yep.
4: And the thing is, though, it, it, it really does open up your eyes. So if you haven't seen 13th, I really recommend it. It is a conversation starter. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not many of my friends who are African-American has said that it is a conversation starter, but that every person who is white and wants to be an ally to the community should definitely take take it as the first step into really seeing how how the system can sometimes hurt black people. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. All right. What else is on your list?
4: My other, other films on my list. Um, I would honestly throw in daughters of the dust. The criterion collection is they have a service, a streaming service, and they're doing free movies with black leads. And Mm -hmm. so the one movie that I recommend from that is daughters of the dust, which is a movie directed by Julie dash who should have had a great career in Hollywood, but let's just leave things unsaid for now that Julie dash, Directs this beautiful movie that became the inspiration for "Lemonade," the the um, music video by Beyonce. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a story about a group of uh, a ge- about gen- three generations, or I think it's two generations of of uh, black families, who decide to celebrate their ancestors who were former slaves, and mm. were came from the ghoul, uh I'm n I can't pronounce it, but like a part of Africa that came from descendants from Africa. And it's actually a really beautiful movie. And I think that I'm so glad that it's getting a lot of popularity today. It's, it tackles racism a little bit, but it's definitely one of the better post-slavery narratives that really tells you a lot about what tells you a lot about how slavery has really deprived a lot of black people of their culture over the years.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about sounder.
4: Oh, sounder. Now, Sounder features one of the greatest performances of all time by Cicely Tyson.
1: Yeah, she's amazing.
4: And for me, any Cicely Tyson movie is great. She even made a Mar- – she played Coretta Scott King in a, a biopic about uh, Martin Luther King Jr. called King. And she also played Harriet Tubman in a mm-hmm. movie called A Woman Called Moses. She sure
1: did, yep, yep, yep.
4: And the autobiography of Jane Pittman, which shows.
1: Oh, she's fabulous in that. Just fabulous.
4: Oh, and the age makeup is still pretty good. But Sounder is a movie about a black man who is arrested for a crime that you know didn't really harm anybody, and eventually he gets he gets arrested for it, and he has and the family has struggles without him. And mm-hmm. it kind of deals with the idea that a lot of black men are taken away from their families, and 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 it damages their um, family dynamic. And the fact sure. is, there's this stereotype about how black children grow up without fathers but the film addresses that that's not some that's not because black men can't be fathers it's because there's a system or there's right. things set up to kind of deprive black children of both parents right
1: right okay let's talk about a patch of blue that i remember i haven't seen that in years i got to watch that again i saw it years ago great movie
4: it really is for those of you who don't know it's a movie about a blind white girl who begins a friendship with a black man and
1: Sidney Poitier
4: Poitier and Elizabeth Hartman's in it. And by the way, she makes me cry when I watch that movie. One of the most beautiful scores. Just, you know, if you want to give, if you want to give yourself a good tear, listen to the score. And what I like about this movie is that unlike other movies from the sixties, including some movies by Sidney Poitier, Mm-hmm. It's not a movie about a black man saving a white woman, and it's not a movie about a white man, a white woman saving a black saving man. Saving a black, yeah, yeah. It's a movie about two people who ha- try to have a friendship in a racially divided America, and it's really powerful.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, real quick, but I know we don't have a lot of time yet. I a couple things I had on my list were in the heat of the night, of course, Sidney Poitier, you know, trying to be a um, a respect, you know, a black. Uh, law enforcement officer trying to be respected by in the south by white you know his fellow white law enforcement officers that's still Great a problem movie. in a lot of places to kill a mockingbird of course you know b- black man railroaded into a, you know, accused of r- raping a white woman that story's as old as the hills and many 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 black men were accused on un- un- falsely accused and some of them killed Executed for it when they didn't even do it. And then Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, which is a little, you know, a little more lighthearted. It's not, but it's really, really addressed interracial dating at a time when it was, that was kind of new. And, you know, this
2: woman comes home to,